welcome to Board Game Famous, the board gaming podcast that only a mother could love. I'm your host, David, and I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Michael. Howdy, howdy. And this episode, we have a very special guest, our mother! Hello, sons. <laughs> I love your podcast voice. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Mom! Hello, Michael. I'm sitting next to David, so I guess I don't have to say hello to you, do I? Uh, you, well, hello, I mean, David. Thank you. That, I was going to say, <laughs> it would hurt my feelings if you don't. Given Michael's special treatment. I'm well, Mom. the favorite son. I'm the favorite son. <laughs> well, Mom, we talk about you so much on this podcast, we thought we should have you on. Our first guest, wasn't really a guest, it was an interview, was the designer of the number one rated board game on Board Game Geek. And the only way we could thought we, we thought we could top that is if we had our mom on. Well, thank you. I feel very honored. <laughs> so we're going to start this podcast unusually with, hey, Mom. What you been playing? Well, it's not a board game, but it's card games. And I've actually been playing card games online with my brother, one brother, and sisters. And we play... Can I say... I can say what it is. Yeah. Okay. It's, yeah. it's Trickster. We use the Trickster app. And then we Zoom... Oh, oh! you meant like, can you say the app? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. definitely. You can definitely okay. say that. Okay. And then we'll probably say something along, along the lines of, sponsored by Trickster. Okay. <laughs> Which is not true because no one has given us money yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we will Zoom, like I'll Zoom on my laptop and then I'll use my iPad. I have the Trickster app on my iPad and we talk and we play cards. What games do you normally play? We usually play Euchre, Hearts, or Oh Hell. Is Euchre also trick-taking? I think all of those are trick-taking games. Yes. Okay. Mom was uh, telling me earlier while she was listening to the podcast to prepare for this episode, she didn't know board game mechanisms as well as we do, so she was lost in all the conversation. So it's good to know that you know what trick-taking is. Yes, I do know <laughs> what trick-taking is. It almost makes, uh, makes me wonder if we should play a little bit of Crew, the Crew with Mom. That's another trick-taking game. Okay. But it's cooperative. You work together as a team. Okay. So you did mention on one of your last two podcasts that I listened to. <laughs> um, the last one, two podcasts. <laughs> the something that was like flowers. Floriferous. Floriferous. Did you bring that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that one. So we'll play that before you leave. Okay. Okay. Oh, as far as board games, though, I haven't played since you guys were here last, but I loved the, um, the quilting one. The Calico Patchwork one. Ooh. What is that called? Calico. Calico. <laughs> good. That was fun. I really enjoyed that. That's good. I think that's still in St. Louis. Okay. That yeah. and I love chai. So those are the types of games I like. Michael, my favorite son. Whoa. <laughs> what have you been playing? So yeah, I've been pretty busy packing and preparing to move, which I'm doing in four days don't realize how much stuff you have until you start packing it. Board games are already all packed, so I'm not playing any more board games until I move. But before they went into the box this past Saturday, I was able to sit down and play Patchwork by Uwe Rosenberg. And that's another, uh, that's another quilting game. Oh. So when you said yeah. that quilting game, I was like, we didn't play Patchwork, did we? Okay, okay. <laughs> it is a pretty cutthroat. It's a pretty cutthroat polyomino game and which is tetris style pieces okay <laughs> has tetris style pieces and weird shapes and you're trying to fit them onto a grid and all that i was being outsmarted by my girlfriend 
for the very first two-thirds of the game. Then I had a very strong final third, but it wasn't enough. I was beaten by one point. <laughs> That's a close game. <laughs> it was it was a it was a close game. I tried to play the button game. Um, it just it just reiterates to me that you know the first time I played that is whenever we were up in the mountains on a short camping trip and we drove into town uh, to grab something to eat and we stopped by the board game cafe and they had it had it to play. I played it and bought it immediately. That's how much I love it and. I still do. I still really like it. So, David, what have you been playing? I recently started a second campaign of Sleeping Gods. I think that's the I think that's the game I want to talk about. This game is a story-based open-world game, which I'm not normally a fan of. So you're traveling around a map, and there are spots on the board that you can interact with, and you've got this big, thick book you're reading stories from, and it gives you choices along the way. Um, Ellen and I are a big fan of those story-based kind of adventures because they're just, you know, they're just fun. I know I am talking about Above and Below recently on one of our episodes, and this is by the same designer. So it's uh, Ryan Lockett from Red Raven Games. I got upgraded bits for this for Christmas from my in-laws, and I've just had, it's it's a table hog, so you've got to put it out on your table. I've got, I had it set up on our board gaming table all week, didn't take it down, didn't have dinner at the table all week. <laughs> It was one of, it's one of those games you don't want to put away because once you do, it's going to be a little bit before you get back to it. I'm still not sure how I feel about the story aspect of it. It's a little random. Sometimes you'll stop on an encounter and you don't know if it's going to be good or bad and it's just randomly bad or randomly good. But the combat system when you encounter monsters to fight is really fun. It's a clever little puzzle because each monster is divided into a grid of spaces and every time you do damage you cover up spaces on this grid and you have to think strategically about which pieces you want to cover up uh, to either cover up the monster's health or the deadly attacks that they're about to do to you and puzzling that out is uh, really fun so i might i might try and find a way to play that game just combat is there uh are you playing with a different group this time or no it's just ellen group? and i uh, ellen and i playing it but it's such a large map that the story takes place. I think I think you progress through the story in about thirteen hours. So, which is why we leave it set up and not uh, and not <laughs> not take it down. But the map is so large that one session is not enough to cover the entire world. We only covered like four pages in this book of maps. So we're. Where we just went off, let's set this up and go off in a different direction and try again. Very nice. Very. Our next section is Game of the Fortnite, the part of the podcast where we hold one game above all others, at least for the next two weeks. And the game of this Fortnite is Scrabble. Designed by Alfred Butts. I just want the <laughs> listeners to know it took at least three takes. <laughs> For our mom to be able to say that. <laughs> there's, there's a reason they don't put that name on the cover of the box. Okay. Boys, pull it together. Um, published by Hasbro. Yeah. So, Scrabble is one of mom's favorite games. Yes, it is. Every time we're over, we're over she tries to make somebody play it. Make? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have to make she, you. She, she invites us lovingly to the table, and I decline, grab a beer, and go downstairs. 
If you don't know by now, I mean, if you don't know what Scrabble is at this point, how are you listening to this podcast? <laughs> but I guess I guess I'll go on a little bit anyway. Scrabble is a word game. Origi- I think the original word game. If not, it's definitely the most famous word game. It actually is a remake. Um, he actually started with a different game. Did you read the whole Wikipedia page before? Alfred Butts created Scrabble. It's actually a very... In 1938, it's actually a variation of an earlier word game that he had invented called Lexico. And the both games were based on letter tiles, but he changed it up and came with Scrabble. Got Scrabble. Okay. So doing working off a little bit of his earlier work. Mm-hmm. Scrabble is a word game where you pull tiles from a bag into, into your hand, and you use your hand of tiles to spell words. The letters are worth a certain amount of points. And whenever you place your words down, you're trying to strategically land on certain spaces that give letters double or triple letter scores or land on spots that actually triple or double or triple the points for the whole word itself. And whoever has the most points at the end of the game wins. I think Scrabble is a good game. What I don't like is the Scrabble Dictionary. That's garbage. It's a garbage book. And you know it, Mom. I love my Scrabble Dictionary. (laughs) Just because you don't like it when I use words like za. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I've heard some uh, teenagers use that, so I'll accept it. Hey, they use it at a pizza at a pizza restaurant. They will call out so and so. Your za is ready, so it is a real word. Ugh. You sound just like an Italian in a pizza shop. <laughs> <laughs> so what I like about what I like about Scrabble is not only is it a word game, but it's also more of like an area control game where you're trying to spell words. In a, sp- in a certain way that you don't branch off the main path and so far that your opponent can land on those precious double and triple word spots. You need to control the board strategically with your words as you play them out. And I know mom definitely agrees with this because she's like, no, I can't set you up with that word, so I'll play over here instead. Yeah, well, sometimes it's adv- advantageous to play a word le- with- worth less points to either block a good spot or to avoid setting up a good spot for someone else. Oh, so you specifically ruin good spots on the board? If I can't use it, yes. <laughs> if I can't use it, no one can. <laughs> that's that's right. Michael, how do you feel about Scrabble? I have struggled with words for a long time. Oh, right. You can't read. I famously can't read. <laughs> you can that. read. I can read, but I joke that I can't read. I would rather watch our friend Randy uh, teach me how to play a game than read the rule book. In fact, I can't remember the last time, except for Patchwork because it has a really good rule book, that I actually read a rule book cover to cover to learn how to play a game. I'll use it as a reference for particular rules, but I can't remember the last time I actually read a rule book. But that's nothing to do with uh, rearranging letters. My brain just struggles with it. And I'm going to say that whenever I play Scrabble, because I don't always dip out with a beer and hide in the basement, the very scary scrambled letters, I, whenever I play, I usually play with another brother 
at least one or two, and mom. And that way I can cheat a little bit with the words I play. Maybe they're <laughs> words, maybe they're not. Who knows? <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of cheating in Scrabble, I remember the time we were playing and you flipped a letter upside down and I treated it like it was a blank. Like it was a blank. Okay. I have I have a problem. I don't like getting the blanks. They're sp- they are great. And they are, I mean, they're very, very helpful. But I'm not one of those visualize. I need to see, I mean, I have to see the letter in front of me. So I have a hard time, actually do have a hard time formulating, this is confession time. I don't like, <laughs> I don't like the blanks because I have a hard time visualizing words unless I actually see that letter in front of me. So okay. I ha- it, it's hard for me to think um, I under- of words. I, I mean, I usually use a blank as an S and plural, you know, pluralize a word. <laughs> I think that explains why you didn't really like uh, Paperback. It was a game I brought ages ago um, to play, and I thought you would love it because you love Scrabble. It's a deck-building game, which means you have uh, cards in a stack, and you draw a hand of those cards, and they're letters, and you spell words. That gives you money to buy more letter cards mm-hmm. into your deck. However, you start with five letters and five wilds. Okay. And that might be why you didn't like that. I didn't know. Yeah, it's because I need to see the actual thing in front of me. Okay. Okay, you might like the game Hardback, then. It's the sequel to Paperback, where every card is a letter, and then you have the option to flip a card over and make it wild. Okay. So every letter's wild, if you want it to be. You also might like the game Bananagrams. I do like the the game (laughs) Bananagrams. And I even like the game Bananagrams in Spanish. Oh, I hate it in Spanish. Not one that's, of, that's one of the things I wish on Scrabble that we could use foreign languages. But. Oh, yeah. And I was like, nope, English. Okay. <laughs> I'd, probably, I'd probably cheat at that, too. Yeah. Well, that's like when playing with you guys, I and you just pretend like they're engineering words that I don't know. <laughs> How am I supposed Cyt- to know? Cytosis is bi- biology. Well... <laughs> Yeah, and Andrew, will you, you can we? I'm hoping we can say brother names. Oh yeah, Andrew will use words and say it's a computer science word. Well, how am I supposed to know whether you guys are lying to me or not? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if you're allowed to use the Scrabble dictionary, I'm allowed to use my <laughs> my technical manual. <laughs> Do you want to know a, a fun fact about Scrabble? I'd love to know a fun fact about okay. Scrabble. Do you know how they came up with the Number of A's, number of B's, how many of each letter to use? It's the number of times they appear in the epic poem Osmandius. Close. He, um, Alfred Butts, <laughs> he tabulated the frequency of letters that appeared um, in the Saturday Evening Post and the New York Times and other publications. And he used that. He actually tallied them. He had a chart. And if you go online, you can even see a picture of his actual tabulations. I'm sure it's at a museum someplace. And anyway, he just tabulated the frequency of letters of how they were used. Fun. How many blanks did he find? Oh, (laughs) I don't know how many blanks he found. People sure hit the space bar a lot. (laughs) Yeah. That is a fun fact. And if you don't like this podcast, at least you learned something. Yes. (laughs) I thank you for humoring me and playing Scrabble with me. 
I, I just want all the listeners to know that even though I cheat, I don't win. So. <laughs> I rarely, I rarely win. I rarely win and I don't care. Is it just it's Andrew good. who wins? No. Well, Andrew wins a lot. In fact, I have taped to my bedroom door a score sheet from when I beat him like three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that the last time you beat him? I think I've probably beat him once or twice since then. Okay. But it is, yes, it's hanging. You can go look at my bedroom door and you walk in, there's there's the, <laughs> the score sheet. I'd, I'd, put it in the, I'd put it in the mirror. So every, day, every morning you'd be like, I'm a winner. <laughs> yeah. I don't win very often, but it's for me, it's just the time together. And hearing you guys grumble about it. (laughs) (laughs) And And the time together is what board games are all about. (laughs) But this is the part of the show that's going to break your heart. Because we have to give Scrabble a rating. Or not really a rating, but uh, we have to decide whether it belongs in the board game famous Walk of Fame. Yes, it does. There is no... Do not argue with me. You're not an official (laughs) member of board game famous. You don't really have a say. (laughs) Am I a member? Where's my member jacket? I can get you a membership card. Why do you say it's going to break my heart? Do you already know the results? Yeah, oh, I know for mine. <laughs> well, Michael's my favorite son, so I know what he's going to say. So, Michael, <laughs> Michael, do you give Scrabble, the board game famous gold star? When walking down the board game famous Hollywood Boulevard walk... Of famous board games with stars and whatnot. That is way too long of a title. (laughs) I just want to point out there is a star in the middle of the Scrabble board. (laughs) So it doesn't need a star is what you're saying. It doesn't need a star from us. (laughs) But as you walk down this path that has too long of a name. (laughs) which, Which has famous and great games on it. You will not find a gold star from me for Scrabble. But if you lay your eyes upon the wall, you'll see historical artifacts and memoriam of the games that paved the way for the future. So, it is a game to be remembered. If you haven't played it, I don't know, you can play it in its 1,000 variations and copycats that are on the phone right now. But, uh, yeah, it's not a gold star for me for personal reasons of i don't like mixed letters (laughs) (laughs) while while i agree that it is a historically significant board game i don't believe it is the gold standard for word games nowadays so it does not get the board game famous gold star from me either when it comes to historic board games i think it is one of the best though it's one of especially for like this is what we would call a mass market game Something that you would easily find at Walmart or Target or something like that. Or even thrift stores, really. Garage sales. Garage sales, yeah. <laughs> this is one of the ones that I would play. I would play Scrabble. I would play Clue. I would play Risk. I wouldn't necessarily agree with Clue. but <laughs> I guess I've raised you guys wrong, but... <laughs> I tried. <laughs> that brings us to our next section, which is... Brother talk. And this time it's going to be brother-mother talk. But this uh, this fortnight we wanted to talk about gateway games. Okay. So 
When I listen to your podcasts and you guys talk about gateway games, I don't understand what you mean. Because to me, a gateway something would be like gateway drugs. Which is exactly what a gateway <laughs> game is. <laughs> so uh, be, be, I... be, careful, be careful, mom. Um, at schools now, they have like a, a dare-like program, but for board games. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, so it's exactly like that, really. It really is. A gateway game is a, an easy, approachable board. Not necessarily easy, but an approachable board game. Okay. That is used to get people into the hobby. Like Scrabble. No. <laughs> I think I, I guess you... I, I don't necessarily like the term gateway games, but the point still comes across. Gateway game is oftentimes used as you play these games to get comfortable with board games to start playing other board games, and you don't really go back to those board games. Okay. But a lot of people play these quote-unquote gateway board games, and they don't move on to play other board games, which is fine. Playing what? board games and having fun is the whole point, so just putting that out there. Okay, so would I be a gateway board game person? You know, I, I don't know. Um, you typically do like the gateway games. Right. So one of the biggest that comes to mind is Splendor. Mm-hmm. That's considered a gateway game. Okay. Another great one is King Domino. Okay. Um, they typically have easier, easier to understand rules and very few uh, mechanisms. What about parks? Or and that's why I would say I don't know because I don't really consider parks a gateway game. That is m- more of a board game. Let me rephrase that. Michael just went through the whole explanation that people look down on gateway games. I'm <laughs> trying to come across as somebody who doesn't look down on gateway games, but that, wow, that sentence really, <laughs> really got away from me. Okay. Uh, so I wouldn't consider Parks a gateway game. I don't consider Wingspan a gateway game. Okay, and I love Wingspan. I know, I know you like that one. Um, I would consider King Domino mm-hmm. a gateway game, but that's a, just also a great game. So Yeah. Yeah, the concept is just... Less rules to get people started. Really open up the open up the their eyes to showing what kind of games are out there. Okay. And like Michael was saying, there's a bit of like negative context to the term gateway game, but I don't think there should be. I think it should be more of like a badge of honor because for a game to reach that status, it has to one be enjoyable to people who are in the hobby and for them to like buy to play and then want to spread it to others. So it's, it's something that they, they want to play and like, Ooh, this is really good. I like this. And I know somebody who also isn't in my hobby will like this too. And I think, I think that's harder to pull off than a really complicated board game. That's only going to be for hardcore board gamers. And you can, for some people, um, you know, who have been in this hobby for a while, like us, and if you've listened to this bo- uh, podcast and you're not as deep into this hobby, there is a lot of board game lingo and terminology. I needed a dictionary get... to listen to, like a Scrabble dictionary. I needed a board game <laughs> dictionary to listen to your podcasts. <laughs> Maybe that will be the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and... Um, a lot of gateway games are not heavy into these particular mechanics and particular themes. They, they're usually more, a gateway game is usually more focused on 
one or two mechanics and it does it very, very well. Mm -hmm. And instead of mixing all these mechanics, especially in board games now where you have all kinds of mechanics in a single game. And that game takes five hours to play. Yeah, you'd lose me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay, so what do you usually do in this segment? Just chat. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're doing it. Oh, okay. Oh, this is brother-mother chat. I'm sorry. I thought we were in like a gateway game section, but we were discussing gateway games. Yes, yes. We're discussing gateway games. Okay. This this is all in the podcast right here. I'm so confused. (laughs) Yeah, this was a conversation for your benefit. This is is happening. This is live. Oops. (laughs) This is all staying in. Okay. (laughs) Can I give shout outs in this section? Oh, yeah. Give a shout out. Hi, listener in Germany. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Was that in our last episode? Well, I know you have one. (laughs) Yeah. What other countries? Any other countries? I think we've got one from Lithuania. We've had one from Lithuania. I don't know about regular listener. Well, if you're listening in Lithuania, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Lithuania. (laughs) So, and shout um, out wherever you are. You don't have to be anywhere. Yes. <laughs> Hello. So you normally play board games with us, your family. If you were to play board games with someone who was not family, what board game would you play with them that's not Scrabble? That's not Scrabble. That's not Scrabble. Do you consider Yahtzee? <sighs> I mean, let me ref- no. okay. What, no, what, no. what niche? What niche game would you play? What niche so game? You, you, we have gotten you a, f- a few board games since you started playing with yes. us. Yes. Of the board games that we've gotten you since then, which one would you introduce to your friends? I enjoy Dixit. In fact, um, I actually played Dixit with my sisters when we had a girls' weekend. Oh, when was that? It's what well, it was before COVID. Oh, okay. Yeah. But we had Dixit. We did had Dixit, and it was great. And I think Nate may have sat in on one of those games. And I love it because, well, I, I mean, it's a fun game. But it something that was funny to me is generation differences can make it challenging. Mm-hmm. The boys still tease me about using riceroni, which everyone in my generation would know is the San Francisco treat. <laughs> To get them to a picture of Chinatown, but they were like, N- the kids, are my children, had no clue, <laughs> your younger siblings. But when I played with my sisters, we were able to give clues to each other that it was, I think it was Nate. It may mm-hmm. have been Andrew, but I think it was Nate that was playing. Had, had no idea. <laughs> had no idea because it was a different generation. Mm-hmm. So, but I, it is fun. Yeah, Dixit's Dixit's a great game. I love uh-huh. it. The pictures are pretty and it's fun. What about you, Michael? What uh what gateway game do you like the best? I hang out with a bunch of nerds and so I don't know, I I consider a lot of games gateway games that wouldn't traditionally be considered gateway games. That's that's another problem with being in the hobby so long. You lose <laughs> you lose touch of what that gateway, le- what that entry level is. Mm-hmm. I remember whenever I was playing board games with some friends and I tried to teach them seasons, 
That was a little too complicated. <laughs> <laughs> you got to remember, Michael, you, you have to play Sushi oh. Go before you play Blood Rage. <laughs> got to teach people how to pass and draft, baby. Pass and draft. <laughs> uh, from my collection, shorter games, I would say, I would say either Skull or High Society for shorter games. That's the one with the uh, hunky guy that you kept bidding on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And for longer games, I think of mine. Doesn't have to be yours. Just what would you choose? Oh, for for a longer game? Yeah. Okay. I haven't taught a brand new board gamer, Scythe. But I have taught a pretty a lot of pretty green board gamers. <laughs> so this this goes back to me teaching people games <laughs> when they're not so deep into the hobby. <laughs> That's not quite appropriate. But um, I would even do Everdale as a gateway game. Okay, That's pretty easy, in my opinion. What about you, David? My gateway game of choice is probably Splendor. Okay. That one is, it's just easy, it's breezy, and it's just quick to play. It's so much fun. And once, I think one of the better things about gateway games is, one, they're a little bit shorter, and it's just, it gives that person to go, let's play again. That didn't take long at all, let's do it again. (laughs) And I played Splendor back to back to back to back with people, just because it's so quick and it's so good. Anything else we want to say about gateway games? Well, I was saying that with Dixit, that when I give the clues, you guys don't understand my clues sometimes because of a different generation. I don't understand your guys' clues half the time. <laughs> Most of the time. We're just, so. we're just glad you're playing. Yeah. We're yeah, just, yeah and it's just fun. Know. I'm like, what are you guys talking about? I, I like to play when everybody is from the same generation because then you have to be more clever about your clues. Mm-hmm. But David, you did bring up a good point. That I want to say for the podcast. You said that you played Splendor back to back to back to back to back. And I think that's one reason why a lot of seasoned board gamers don't really play gateway games much. Is because they did the same thing. as They would play the game back to back to back to back to back to back. Because those gateway games are that good. Mm-hmm. My gateway game was Dominion. And the first time I played, I think I was up till 2 a.m. Just playing it over and over and over. And I've never looked back. Did you have a test the next morning? No, it was, uh, it was over the summer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was out in Colorado. <laughs> and we didn't have to go to work until 1230, so it was fun. That's, yeah, you could sleep in. That's true. <laughs> Little... Little did those people from Michigan State know how they changed my life. <laughs> Board gaming missed connections. Board gaming missed connections. <laughs> I need to have more of those. <laughs> and our next section, without musical accompaniment, is mail time. So, David, what is the question this fortnight? May I stop you? Yeah. I have a question. Okay. Where do your questions come from? Our questions typically come from strangers on the internet. I told you not to talk to strangers on the internet. (laughs) You already said you raised us poorly. We don't like Scrabble. We talk to strangers. (laughs) 
<laughs> this is on you, Mom. <laughs> you okay. had you had thirty years to get it right. Failure. <laughs> uh, serious answer is you can email us at boardgamefamous at gmail.com. Or you can join our Discord, link in the below. Or you can DM us on Instagram, also link in the below. Well, normally we get our questions from strangers on the internet, but the question this time comes from Michael, and it's directed at Mom, which is, what were your favorite games to play with us as children, and what are your favorite games to play with us now? <sighs> well, now you know, Scrabble. <laughs> <laughs> I do love Scrabble. I really do. But I also like some of the games, uh, like Cal- Calico, is that what yeah. it says? And Chai and Parks and Dixit and, and things like that. I, I like those. I like the ones where I don't have to really, I don't want to have to watch a video. <laughs> I'll just, right, right now, I don't want to play any games directly that I have to study for hours before I can actually play the game. I like games that are fairly short mm-hmm. and honestly that I don't have to think really hard. Mm-hmm. Cause to me, it's just about listening to you guys and uh, being together. And um, when you were younger, I can tell you that you said what I liked playing with you. Well, I'm going to tell you what I didn't like playing with you. I used to hide Candyland. <laughs> because that's what you guys love to play over and over and over and over again. And I, at times, just hid it. <laughs> Put it in a closet you, up high where you guys couldn't see it. Do you know what the hilarious thing is? Because we both hate Candyland now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We beg on that a lot. It's It's not even a game. There are no decisions. Okay. Do you remember, I think it was called Rush Hour? Oh, yeah. And Traffic Jam, I think, maybe, or... It's interesting that you bring that up, because you love Ticket to Ride, right? I love Ticket to Ride. There's a there's a rush hour version of Ticket to Ride, where you've, okay. got, like, you've got to, like, hook up a train and bring it down uh-huh. and around. You're not, you're not connecting paths, but it's that Ticket to Ride theme. Okay. Yeah, but I, I loved those games. Um, you know, when you were younger, we did the usual Hi-Ho Cheerio and... And we played Uno. I love playing, but I'm a card game person. I love Uno. I love card games. I remember, I, I remember playing King's Reverse. That's what yes, I was about well, to say. same thing. It's King's Reverse. Um, yeah, so we played all those, you know, the typical kid games. We used to play Monopoly. I know you guys bag on Monopoly. Okay, you don't bag on Monopoly. You bag on people not using the rules for Monopoly. <laughs> but um, <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. Yeah, so... Until somebody flipped the board. That's true. <laughs> That's true. So, am I Michael? What games did you like playing when you were a kid? Is that what I'm supposed to do? Um, yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. King's Reverse. King's I remember Reverse. us sitting around the dining room table playing King's Reverse a lot. Mm-hmm. I agree with that one. And you did not like Candyland. I didn't like Candyland. Is that what you said? Or you don't no, like we it don't now? now. I, I oh, currently no. don't like Candyland. No. It's terrible. I can't speak for whenever I was a kid. <laughs> Queen Frostine. <laughs> <laughs> you remember the names of the spots? <laughs> uh, that's funny. <laughs> Trying to remember. I remember you got me uh, Rumus 3D. Uh-huh. That was a weird little game where you're trying to fit these pieces together. That was a lot of fun. Uh-huh. I like to play set. 
Ooh. I think I'm getting rid of my copy because nobody plays with me. Uh, well, I won't play with you. But <laughs> I like to play set with your siblings. Um, <laughs> and gosh, I'm trying to think what other ones we used to play. That's forever ago. I used to, well, I'll tell you when I was a kid, I used to play um, Racco and Yahtzee. With my dad. Oh, you... My dad and I used to play Racco and do you, Yahtzee. Do you like Racco? I love Racco. R- Racco's, still, Racco's still a fun game. Racco's still a good game, but we're mm-hmm. going to play a game right after this. It's called Lost Cities. It's considered to be board gamer Racco. Really? Yeah. Okay. I've never heard of it. I mean, you're not as deep in the hobby as no. I am. <laughs> no. like, you... are, are, are we surprised? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be more surprised if you had heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that that one Reiner Knizia design? Yeah, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about none of his game being in the top 100 anymore, Mom? <laughs> <laughs> that was big board gaming news. I shared it on uh, oh, really? I shared it on our Discord. Link okay. in the description. <laughs> Matt brings us to the end of another podcast. Thank you for listening. And thank you, Mom, for being such a gracious guest. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Mom episode. Mom, Mom episode. episode. Mom, Mom episode. episode. Mom episode. Mom. <laughs> if you have any questions for us, you can email us at boardgamefamous at gmail.com. Or you can join our Discord using the link below. Or you can follow us on Instagram using the link below. And if you email us, maybe we'll have you on as a guest sometime. But that's all for now. Until next fortnight. Bye-bye.